for this week's episode of Not So Super Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Curley, joined by my co-host. Hey, Brennan Kahn, what's up? And we're back. We're back with episode number two. Hey, number two. And we're already lying to people. Yeah. So <laughs> at the end of the last episode, we said we were going to do Punk Rock Jesus. Um, but then I remembered it was the holidays. Uh, and and we were going to do a special Christmas episode in time for Christmas. And then we missed Christmas. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, close enough. It's it's a special holiday episode. The holidays are still here, so we're gonna do this, and then next week we'll we'll still do Punk Rock Jesus. So, um, so that'll be fine. The next episode we'll do Punk Rock Jesus. So but, if you read it, just hang on. Next episode we'll get to Punk Rock Jesus review. Yeah. So, but this one we're doing a comic that's near and dear to my heart. It's one of my fa- It's probably one of my favorite all time comic books ever. Probably one of my favorite characters of all time. Really interesting. I didn't know it was one of your favorite all time ever. Like. Yeah, like I just love this wow. character. But so, so, not to bury the lead, the comic book that we're going to be reviewing today is Jingle Bell Gift Wrapped, which is a collection of every. Jingle Bell comic. And Jingle Bell is a character created by Paul Dini. Right. Known for such works as being a writer on the Batman series. Yes. The, the the Batman animated series and Batman Beyond. He's one of the two creators of Harley Quinn along with Bruce Tim. He came so up good. with the idea. And I mean and he's done he's done a ton of stuff. I mean the, the list goes on and on. He wrote he wrote for the Batman animated series, he wrote for Batman Beyond, he wrote for Lost, he wrote for Hulk and the Agents of Smash. He's written for Disney's Ultimate Spider-Man. He created his own show on Cartoon Network called Tower Prep, which was a live-action show. And then that's just his television work. In terms of uh, in terms of his comic book work, he's also done some amazing series, like he did the series. In terms of his comic book work, he's done some amazing series, like Gotham City Sirens, which is being talked about right now, becoming the next movie to feature Harley Quinn. Really? I, I need to watch that. I need to uh, rather read that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good series. But Gotham City Sirens is, he did like, I think the first 13 issues or 14 issues, something like that. So about a year of that. He's also done a ton of detective comics work. Detective Comics being a comic book that features Batman, for those who don't know. He's also done a ton of... Another work that he's extremely famous for is Zatanna, which is an amazing, amazing run on that character. I think he does about... 12, 13 issues of that as well. So what I know of Paul Dini's work is he kind of is a little bit on the edge of the adult themes as well as like the lighter stuff that's that's considered like cartoony. So he kind of dances an edge where, you know, the comic generally go from like more cartoony or like more adult themes. And he is an example. And tell me your thoughts on that of like somebody who dances definitely in between those two lines the zany cartoony stuff along with the adult themes yeah i would say that he definitely does both of those things i mean i think he makes i mean paul dini you know at one point had a podcast with his wife misty lee who's a magician which is awesome and she's also a voiceover (laughs) actress and she's really fantastic they they had a podcast called radio rashi at one point which i absolutely loved and i'm they haven't done it for like over a year at this point almost two years which upsets me so much because i loved it so much but paul dini like he has these things that he loves, and so he puts those into a story. And the dude knows how to write a story. Like, I can't even tell you how—I don't think I've ever read a Paul Dini thing I didn't like. Really? Yeah. 
And did he, did he write all of Jingle Bell, uh, the whole series? Jingle Bell is a very unique character. So Jingle Bell isn't, it's not a, a series per se. Now, there are definitely issues that follow a previous issue. Like there'll be like a couple issues where it's like these two issues are a single story or these three issues are a single story. They all, of course, feature the same characters, but none. it's not like a series. It's kind of a thing that he's been doing for quite a while, I believe. The first Jingle Bell comic came out in 1999. That would explain some of the episode one jokes. Yeah. Some of these panels. Amazing. Star Wars Episode One. To be to clarify, he has a special relationship with Star Wars too because he actually worked on the original Droids and Ewok series. Nice <laughs> for the the animated really? series for Lucasfilm. Yeah, he worked on those. Man, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's got his hands in a lot of things, like more than I realized. Well, the, one of the best th- uh, things I can tell you to go listen to is Kevin Smith does this podcast, Fat Man on Batman. And it's it's very much transformed organically through the years of like what he was doing, but it started as him interviewing people about the Batman animated series or Batman in general and all that stuff. And his first guest is Paul Dini. And it's it's one of the, you know, because they're friends. Yeah. They've been friends for a long time. Like Paul, Paul Dini is in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. He's in the scene with Blunt Man and Chronic in the Blunt mo- in the the Blunt Cave. I'm pretty sure is what it was called. And he's the he's the the clapper, which is the the board clapper in the movie. And he looks at them and he's like, "You guys look pretty badass." Nice. He claps. He does the sound clap thing, and then um, he walks Solid off. Solid cameo. It's great. So several though, however, several artists cycling through this this particular collection. There's several artists going through this, and then also several writers. He didn't write all of these. These okay. are all of the comics that feature Jingle Bell, but he did not. He he didn't write all of them, which I think is also interesting. But he definitely he owns this character. So this character has a, has been published by Oni um, from 1999 to 2003. Dark Horse from 2004 to 2006, Top Cow from 2008 into 2014, and then nothing has come out new since 2014, um, but this collection is actually put out by IDW. Oh, wow, this most recent print of it, IDW. Okay, interesting. You know, and he it was really lucky he was able to get permission from Oni and Dark Horse and Top Cow to print all of these under the IDW label, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that really is interesting that they would allow... Like, I guess they would still own the like the, the layouts and everything? I don't know how I that mean, works. I think they own the publishing rights to those specific comics, right. but he owns the characters. Okay, like the IP of, of the all the characters involved. Okay, cool. Right. Like, it is definitely a creator-owned brain, comic. It's his brainchild. That, uh, that's really, really cool because uh, he didn't write for every, um, every issue here, uh, every comic that's inside this collection that's altogether a graphic novel i would say but yeah it kept going like throughout the years and it's pretty solid and it's and it's one of those things where i hope that he's going to do more because i mean he's he said in interviews when this was coming out and he was promoting this that if this sold well enough that he has talked to idw about wanting to potentially do more stories Very and cool. of course i hope that's i hope that's true and i hope that he comes out with more just because i love i love this character and i would love to see this character more so so i of course forced brennan to read this because i was like i was like i really want to do this it's a christmas it's a christmas themed comic book obviously it felt Um, right it felt right reading it it too it felt right and so and so i had to but i really had to convince you because you were like "Ah, i don't know and i also sent you like i didn't make i didn't make brennan read all of it like the book is it's over 430 pages and and the print copy has a couple extra pages that the digital copy doesn't have the only reason i know that is because i bought it both in print (laughs) and digital Mm mm-hmm 
um, because I love it that much. Right. I just like I need to take this everywhere with me, but I also want to have this in in hard copy. But, totally understandable. It's a, it's a gorgeous print. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And so I I love this book. And so I I gave Brennan like what was it like two, like. It wasn't long. It wasn't, I mean, by, it wasn't long uh, as far as the time period that I had to read all of these pages, but totally I worth gave it. Him and, a um, I gave him a week to read about 200 pages. And to be fair, you gave me sections of the most pertinent stuff to talk about, so, or that you wanted to talk about. It was a total page turner, though. I mean, like, pretty rare for me. Uh, they, these, these are very, you know, bite-sized stories and very like for the most part like zany little stories that are fun and kitschy and yeah it's just a really fun idea i've never explored that idea or seen it like portrayed this way that's this fun that santa claus has kids uh in this case a daughter yeah and and, and to for her personality and you can speak to this too like I totally wasn't expecting it because i hadn't re- read any jingle bell going into it you know just how how much her personality would clash with santa claus you know like you you expect the Santa Claus's child, you know, his little daughter, to be a sweet little angel, you know, and that's totally the opposite of what you get uh, in this series, which is fantastic. And hilarity ensues in a lot of these stories, and and I like how bite-sized they are. Like I, that to me is hard to do, from a storytelling standpoint, to tell such a fun little story that has like so many gags and bits visually and both in in the writer dialogue and storytelling but yeah they totally they totally pull it together in most all of these stories well and i think that speaks a lot to his experience at working in animation yeah. you know i mean yeah, he also worked another show that he worked on was um tiny tunes he yes, wrote a I, ton yeah, I read of that. tiny tunes episodes Love and tiny so tunes. you can really see a lot of that same zaniness a lot of that same fun in this and so i love it so i guess so yeah so as brennan said Jingle Bell is the daughter of Santa Claus, and, and Jingle Bell is a teenage girl, but she's like 500 years old because elves right. age slower. <laughs> so she is the elf equivalent of a teenager, and so it's that's why it's amazing and it's fun. So she's been a teenager for, you know— <laughs> hundred like a hundred years or something like you know yeah you can imagine what that does to a to a dad right you know we're not going to review obviously you know the last issue we kind of reviewed it page by page we did the whole story we're not going to do that for this especially because this is for it's over 400 pages we're so we're going to just touch on a couple of the couple of the issues and we're not going to go page by page but we're going to talk about them as holes we're going to talk about the artwork because there's a lot of different artists that have touched this and a lot of different artists that have have made their mark on jingle bell and, and we'll just go through it um now i did focus when i gave brennan pages i gave him about 275 pages i focused on all the ones that were written by paul dini so i don't think unless you read something that wasn't on the list i gave you everything you read was by paul dini all right got it because i just wanted to concentrate on on paul because this is his character most of this stuff is written by him so i want to concentrate on that stuff so let's jump into it so you know we're starting on if you have this digitally it's page six and, and I think it's actually page six in the print copy as well. But, you know, we're just looking at the, this is like the first cover, Paul Dini's Jingle Bell, the first cover that's in the book. I don't know if this is the actual first cover because Jingle Bell first appeared in the Oni double feature number 13 in the summer of 1999. So I, I, I actually believe that this cover was from the follow up to that, which was um, a, a mini series, Miserable on 34th Street slash Santa's Little Hellion. <laughs> Was the the two issue miniseries? So I think this is covers actually from that. But we, you know, you start with Sandy Clauses, 
And it's kind of like her backstory of like who she is. So, and this original artwork, it, it, it's very, I don't know, how would you describe this? You're the artist. How yeah, would you describe I love this? this. Uh, this, this is some, some of my, my favorite work that's, that's in here as far as, uh, line work and, and, uh, illustrative work. Uh, so right now we're looking at the at the issue called Sanity Clauses, and I believe this is Stephen DiStefano, but I would have to. It is. Okay. No, it, it, is. Def- it is. Okay. Yeah. So I, I love his. Um, first of all, it's black and white, and it, it's gorgeous, and that's just sort of an affection of mine. But how he character designs uh, this character is very like punkish and and a lot of attitude just in, in each panel that she ha- that she's expressing. I I can kind of tell that like. Maybe the the side of her head is shaved, and her hair is kind of like punk girl style, and then she's got like multiple piercings in her elf ears. This was my first introduction to this character, and I and I totally dug it. And you see her attitude here when she's like hammering down, like with a giant mallet, she's hammering down on another elf. Uh, a very uh, a very Harley Quinn. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. Back. Yeah. So I love her attitude throughout here, and and you, you kind of get introduced to some of the characters in this world. Like I believe it's a it's a yak. It's a musk. It's a musk ox. It's a musk ox. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and, and appears many fun times. Fun fact. Fun fact. That's a re- it's a real animal, and Paul Dini ordered one to his house. So he has a stuffed musk ox in his house that he ordered specifically wow. so he could because to him he was like there's two things i could do he's and he said this in his podcast and he said this in interviews um he said there's two things i could do i could either just find pictures of this on the internet and send right. it uh to the artist or i could order one uh and have it delivered and then take pictures of it and then and then send it to the artist and that's what he did and so her that's she fantastic has a, you know Santa has his reindeer. She has her pet muskox. That must be like why the muskox character looks so great. Because you know, for at least the issues that I read, I th- I think that character is a lot of fun. It's just like ma- a massive ox compared to yeah. uh, Jingle Bell most times. Um, and uh, and also, so his name is Thrasher. As Thrasher, well. right? So it kind of I'd, still fits in with the 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 dancer and prancer. Yeah, Thrasher. nod to the rest of the reindeer. <laughs> the first time I read it, I was like, wait, reindeer name? Uh, okay. Uh, that's just her pet name, I guess, that, that goes along with the names of the rest of the reindeer. Flipping through here, yeah, his black and white style is amazing. and um, It's it's so good. It's also interesting because, like, he does obviously some stuff later on, so it's interesting to see his yeah. evolution of this character yeah. drawing. Um, and it's also interesting the characterization characterization of Santa. Like, Santa's yes. got, like, yeah. like, these tiny little legs with this huge <laughs> torso. His character design is so fun, yeah. he, he He's just, like, this... this massive guy with the with the huge chest popping out of his uh um i guess i'm on page 11 now where they're in the the therapy session yes uh, and, and it just like it it shows the uh the attitude of the family here and just like one huge full page shot you know you've got you've got jingle bell on the ground like throwing a fit um you got mrs claus over there like sweetheart be good and get, <laughs> you got just the massive santa claus father figure here which is which is totally fun to read as as you you know go through the different tellings of these uh, issues, what it would be like to be Santa Claus and have such a huge job, and and then uh, at the same time <laughs> raising a family uh, with such a hellion like uh, like uh, Miss Jingle Bell. And so, and it's and it's great. I mean, she acts like a sixteen year old girl would. Like it's of course it's like oh my dad is Santa Claus, but whatever. Like you know right. any other kid would kill to have their dad be Santa Claus, but to yeah, her, not her. It's like it's it's like oh it's just my dad and he's lame and and it's it's funny because that's how you feel when you're a teenager. Yeah, no matter who your dad is. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great and and so 
you know, let's talk about her outfit real quick. So the other thing is that she's wearing kind of like these these green overall, and obviously this is from the cover. It's black and white, but like it's green overall shorts with striped socks, boots, and like a long white sleeve shirt. And and like so like even the outfit is like it's like slightly derivative of elves, but still very punk rockish. Right. Mixed with the hair and everything like that. Like it's it's just it, it, it's it's fantastic. I absolutely love her costume. Um, and then in this comic, we also are introduced to her cousin Rusty. Right. <laughs> uh, who is kind of like kind of like more of the the dunce he seems like the dunce elf that she can't stand and so she's constantly beating on rusty and it's hilarious yeah there's, yeah, there's a lot of physical humor and gags uh between her and rusty and, and he occasionally pops his head in and uh, says something you know goofballish and she like smacks him away with a huge mallet or whatever there's on page uh 13 uh, I believe it's 13 in the print as well as in the digital what, what we're looking at there's this amazing panel of her uh, she's kind of got like her head down and her and her hands kind of folded, and she's sitting. and And it says, "Translation: I get screwed. Let me tell you what Christmas is like at my house. You know, it's Santa Claus's house. You think Christmas would be this amazing, th- like the the most amazing Christmas you could ever have is like Dad is your Santa Claus. But to her, she's like, oh, it's such a drag. You know, what we've already mentioned is like that. This is setting up uh, the drama that. It, is expressed throughout the rest of the issues of, gosh, my life is such a drag. I have to deal with living at the North Pole, like with these magic elves and toys all around me and my dad, Santa Claus. And there definitely is, over the years, have been a character evolution, too. Like, she, you know, like, she she does definitely start out a lot more in these early issues. She starts out a lot more um, like, oh, God, whatever. And then later on, she's just a troublemaker. Totally. And it's all it's all fantastic. Um, so so that's kind of the introduction to this character, is this first couple issues, uh, and you kind of get a sense of the character. But again, you know these first kind of things, it's like only twenty two pages. Then you you jump into Miserable on Thirty Fourth Street, which is which is like the first kind of full length two part story about Jingle Bell wanting to prove herself to her dad, like she's she's trying to prove herself to her dad and kind of trying to get the approval of her father. And and it doesn't. It's not going so well. Um, she invents a toy that he doesn't really like. It blows up like the toy. What, what building does it blow up? It blows up the toy shop. And and if so, of course he's pissed. And so she's like, well, I can do what he does. And so apparently every year Santa picks one location and he goes and he actually appears as opposed to a a mall Santa or whatever. And she so she switches the invitations on him. She sends him to a, a Hanukkah party, and she goes off to Macy's, at, at, you know, on 34th Street. I think they call it Nancy's or something like that in here. Yeah. But essentially, it's Macy's on 34th Street, where you meet Santa in, you know, in New York. And she goes, and uh, in order to get there, the evil Blizzard Wizard, uh, right, tr- trick tricks tricks her into giving. It's very, it's very Little Mermaid. It's very much like the <laughs> yeah, villain I didn't shows think about up. That, but good point. The villain shows up and says, "Hey, I'm a friend of your dad's. Oh, don't ask him." But, yeah, you know, it's that whole trope for sure. Get me, get me this magical thing, and uh, and I'll make sure that the big man knows you helped me. And so, like, that's what she does. She she gives him like this magic thing that was stolen from him because he's a villain. Uh, and Santa is the hero of the North Pole. Of course. So yeah. she gives him back his power, and then she goes off to New York and, 
and then she, you know, she learns it's not as easy to be <laughs> uh, Santa Claus as everybody thinks. And then she ends up finding out that the Blizzard Wizard has taken over, the Blizzwiz has taken over the North Pole, and she has to find her way, you know, get back there, and then she needs to save the North Pole, save Christmas. And so it's a very fun story. Oh yeah, and, and this is uh, this is still um, Stephen DeStefano up here uh, in this one, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, the, the Blizzard Wizard, and and the way he tells this story visually, like, is so like reminiscent of animation for me, and which I immediately makes me love the telling of the story. Like when she's falling uh, into the the icy cliff and it goes chomp you know it, it like right it slams down and you, and you get that sound effect and, and the the character design and just the way that the the character the characters are i love these guys who are the bl- the blizzard wizards like henchmen who are like sort of soft servey snow cone looking uh henchmen i think it 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 speaks a lot to the fact that the both of these guys have worked in animation, and that that really translates like all of that character design, all that storytelling, uh, into these short gags. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, that's that's the the main thing from all of these comics is that they're just a lot of fun, um, and they're like good Christmas time reads. It's a lot of fun. I would love to see this two sto- this two part story, it, be a movie. Like, I want there to be a Jingle really? Bell movie so bad. I think it would be so, like, even whether it was animated or live action. Oh, yeah, either one I would watch. I, could, I, I think it could go either way. I think either one would be amazing. Who would you, who would you cast as Jingle Bell? That's a really good question. Um, pro- probably you put somebody in that age range. I don't, I don't know. You, yeah. you definitely want somebody. A younger Kristen Bell, like an actual teenage Kristen Bell would have been good, or early 20s oh, Kristen yeah, Bell. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I been, can feel that. Would have been hilarious. That'd be a good fit. I was just watching Fanboys the other day, and, and she's fantastic in that. Yeah, she could totally oh. be Jingle Bell. <laughs> they right? got the last name to boot. Right? Uh, who else? I feel like I feel like a Zoe Deschanel, you know, circa when she did Elf. I mean, Elf and this story have a have a lot in common too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. There's definitely like the similar tones there, uh, which makes me think that like the writers of Elf did they. Have they read this? I mean, I guess maybe, but like at the same time, if you go to like if you go to New York, I mean, the only thing those stories really have in common is that there's a an elf who comes from the North Pole and goes to New York and like goes to like a Macy's. Right. That's really it. But like that would be a big thing to do, you know? Like it would be a real thing to do. The obvious go-to thing to do. You know, when you're doing a Christmas story in New York, you like yeah, you take him to a Macy's or uh, Bloomingdale's, and you, you right. take him up to the Santa Claus working and say, "Hey, that's not Santa Claus." <laughs> right, and, and you know the difference is that he's you know an elf. He says that's not Santa Claus, and then here she's trying to be Santa Claus. Fair the enough. other fun, the other funny joke that goes on through all these comics is her being pissed that there's no mention of her in Christmas. Like she's like I'm, G- I- I'm Santa Claus's daughter. Why is why am I yeah, not? Yeah. Why am on- I kept a secret? Like yeah. Why am I'm I great. not on any cards? Why am I not in any songs or movie specials or anything? And he says, Well, there is the one song. Right. Jingle. That's not about Jingle me. bells. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. So like that's the you know the first two issues. She saves the day. Um, yeah. And in a in a few of these, you know, I definitely feel for Jingle Bell in. Uh, you know, some of them you read them and you're like, man, she's being like, this character is such a brat, but I love it. Um, <laughs> but in a few, you're like, yeah, she she definitely gets a bad rep for 
being the daughter of Santa Claus, you know? Like, she, for instance, there's that that you just mentioned. And then also, you know, she, in one of these stories, she, she creates, like, an amazing toy that everybody loves. And then you have Santa Claus taking the credit uh, down at Toy Inc. <laughs> or Big Toy, you know, the, con- yeah. the convention he goes to. Uh, I think this one's Grounded, where Krampus makes oh, an yes, appearance. Oh, yes, Krampus. It's yes. fantastic, yeah. Great, yeah. great style and coloring style. Uh, but she totally gets a bad rep, and I feel for... I'm like, yeah, she's in the right in this one. Um, like, I feel for, for Jingle Bell in this one, and Santa Claus definitely lied about that. <laughs> so that's great. It's all amazing. Let's rate these, I guess, as we go along. So as an introduction, let's just take this first section of Jingle Bell, which is... The beginning to like page seventy four, the early stuff. The, oh, I love the, it. The two issue miniseries. What would you give it? Like, what would you give story? Okay, and we're going on the four color scale. Yeah, we're going on the four color scale. What would you give story? Oh gosh, I'd give it. I'd give it a four. I mean, it is hard. Reason being, my my score for story because it is so hard to tell a gag and to do bits, let alone multiple bits that just land, uh, both visually and through the the written story. Yeah, it gets a four for me. I agree. I also give it a four. I love it. I love Paul Dini's writing. I love, you know, because I, you know, and I guess I don't know this, but I would imagine that he's come up with a lot of these gags. I imagine that he's working very collaborative with the artist on a lot of these gags. And I think it's amazing. I think that the writing is is fantastic. In terms of art, I mean, I think I already know what your rating is going to be. My rating is a four. I love this style. I yeah, we're talking. We're talking about the first. Um, we're talking about the first two. Well, well yeah. Well, let's the, the, all of the um, D, Stephen D. Stefano, uh, all of his artwork, De like Stefano, his style. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. What what do you what do you give? So is, I'm definitely it, giving him a four, like as you probably yeah. expected. Um, it's black and white. It's gorgeous. His his line work, like his expressive line in the characters, especially Jingle Bell. I totally get an idea of a character for the first read of like the first few panels that I see her in. So yeah, he gets a four from me. What about you? Awesome. I give him a four. I love it. It's not my favorite style in the book. My favorite style is 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 like the last stuff, the newest stuff, um, which is Stephanie. I forget her name. Stephanie something. Stephanie like Galler or something like that. Yeah, I definitely love him. I, lo- I love his art style. Um, and I give it a four. And then, and then, you know, color, obviously, this is a black and white comic. Um, I don't know if that was done by design or if that was done for cost, but I think it works, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would like it as much if it were so contrast in black and white. Like, I, I don't know. I'd have to see it in color and, and see, what, see what they could do with it. Like you mentioned, this isn't my favorite style. But my favorite artist throughout these these issues is Stephen DiStefano. The later ones, I believe. I believe they're a little bit later than this one. Okay. Um, he kind of refines the character design a little bit, which I'll probably mention when we get to it. Okay, cool. So then the next the next issue um, set we're gonna kind of go to and talk to is um, or talk about is Jingle Bell conquers the Martians. And I and and this is one that I, I wanted to make sure you read, right? Just because it's it's seven pages and it's a lot of fun. I want to know, you know, obviously I've already I love gushed, the color in this one. I've gushed all over about this yeah, book. Yeah, both of us. I want I want to hear. <laughs> it's very good. I want to hear. I want to hear what your thoughts were on on this particular, this seven page comic, um, and let me do say that this comic is 
it's all told in it's told in seven pages and they're full pages which is something i love it's just like full yeah, picture totally. paintings and they're amazing so you know it's a story told in seven pages with these small you know uh narrative boxes and i think it does an amazing job telling the story but what do you, what did you think yeah i think it's it's it depends heavily on the uh like the stylized way that they did these full page layouts and the, and the colors really make it for me. Uh, they, they, they tell like the mood, like the purples and spacey, you know, pinks, purples, blues. Yeah, they, they, they really tell you like this is a, this is like a, like a sci-fi version of this Jingle Bell issue. Yeah. Uh, which I love, yeah. And, and the way they tell the story through these full page, I'm just going to call it a full page layout with these call out boxes is really impressive. And it's obviously this is hearkening the, um, Santa, the movie Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh really? Uh, tell me, tell me a bit about it because I'm. It's such definitely... a it's, it's a movie that it, it's like always on around Christmas time on like those B horror movie channels like Sven Gulli. Fantastic. Um, or like Elvira or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's real bad, but it's real good at, at because it's so bad. I gotcha. Uh, I would I would say check it out. It's definitely something you want to watch with friends. <laughs> so, but it's amazing. Um. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, hearkening. Uh, that's what the title is referring to. Right. Okay. The story in here doesn't relate to the movie, but the title definitely, you know, comes from that. And it's right, just a right. story about, you know, the aliens attack and Jingle Bell wants revenge. So she goes right. to space and attacks the Martians. And it's... It's like a fun short. Uh, it's so much fun. And like that page, page 80, where it's like... It's like almost like a poster of her on the rocket, yeah, like sh- yeah. shooting the giant laser gun. It's amazing. Yeah, all of these are like would be fantastic po- posters. This, the way they're designed, and I guess they're, I guess they're painted. Yeah, so these yeah. are. I'm not sure which medium, but it says in the beginning of the of the book, it says Jingle Bell Conquers the Marshes, painted by Lawrence uh, Marvit. So yeah, that's I don't gorgeous. know. It's, I don't know any fantastic. other work by him, but. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love these little Martians, like the brains and the inside their little encased glass. Right, with so robot like a, bodies, like fifties Martians. Yeah. and it's good. And then the last page reveals that it's it's just Jingle Bell sitting in someone else's living room playing with their toys. So good, man. So good. That really made it. When I got to that, I, I could probably give give or take it. You know, when I first started started reading this issue, but it's it so makes it when you realize that she's just sitting. Uh, she's just sitting on the floor playing with other people's toys. <laughs> <laughs> toys that Santa delivered. And that looks like she opened, maybe, or just is playing with before they get put under the tree. And, okay, so then this story, because this is obviously a different, another different style. What, what kind of, what, what's your rating? Story. I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna skip everything. Of course, I'm gonna give every story in here probably a four. So because I'm gonna start skipping Danny? that. Just because I love Paul Dini, I love. I mean, everything that we're going to be reviewing is my my best of this book, so I didn't make you read the the other stuff. Right. I made you read the stuff that's so my. You're favorite. a definite four so, on all story for everything uh, already. All of these stories is a four. Um, art, I'm going to give it a four as well because I love this art style. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I give this one a four as well. Art. Um, and then uh, color, I give it a four as well. I think it's. I mean, it's like it's just painted. 
I think it's amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree on all accounts. So four for story and uh, four for color as well. So this next one is Jingle Bell in Bell of the Brawl. This kind of takes place post Christmas. Like this story is a like, this is what's happening, you know, in the North Pole during the summer. And written by Paul Dini, art again by Stephen De uh, Stefano. De, De Stefano, um, but this one's in color. So yeah, it is. Here we are. Here we can see his art style colored. So I think I prefer black and white. I think I do too. Honestly, I think I do. Like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with the color, but I right. think that the black and white lent was just m much better for his style. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I do appreciate the the Pikachu cameo. <laughs> and late, <laughs> later we'll see probably the the Jar Jar cameo. The Jar Jar Bean <laughs> cameo is actually in. In the first, in the first one, miserable oh, okay. on Thirty Fourth Street. So good. Because they're right before she blows up the, right before right, she right. blows up the, the toy factory. That's what's coming out of a conveyor belt. Is Jar Jar Binks? Because it was ninety nine, um, or two so thousand ish. It just said something uh, like Misa love you. Misa love you. Is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So bit. you know. So this this story. It's another shorty. Um, it's essentially Jingle Bell has her parents go away for the summer. And she throws a giant party as soon as they're gone. And then the Eskimo boys show up. This guy and... who's wearing a seal, though. <laughs> Listen, he brought me five. Had to, had to bring something to the party. I guess so. And then uh, and then Baby an Eskimo boy and an elf boy fight over her. And then she's caught in a closet with a different Eskimo boy. <laughs> It's, it's just, it's just hilarious. And then, and then Santa, of course, comes home because he forgot something. And then, you know, they, they end up making Jingle Bell come with her. So this is what I was referring to at the beginning. And maybe you can uh, point to it a little better about Paul Dini's style and writing style and his sort of uh, philosophy and ethic in writing. Uh, so he, he definitely hints at like adult themes and in, in some of these pretty hard, um, you know, kind of like the stuff he worked on with Bruce Timm in the in Batman the Animated Series, there are some adult themes there. If you go back and look, and maybe mm -hmm. even in Tiny Toons, I don't know, I don't remember it that well. It's been a minute. I mean, since Tiny I've Toons. Seen it. Tiny Toons has jokes that very much like Looney Tunes that work on multiple levels. Yeah, like they're funny when you're great. a kid, and they're diff they mean something different when you're an adult. Like I, there's there's one. There's one Looney Tunes cartoon that I will always remember not getting the joke when I was a kid and then getting it when I was an adult, and it's like Bugs Bunny is reading a book, and it says How to Multiply, mm -hmm. and, and, and then Bugs Bunny looks at the camera and sees that the camera is looking at him, and he hides the book, and he blushes, <laughs> and the joke is because, like, it's, you know, you, you say you multiply like rabbits when you're having sex or whatever. Oh, sure. And, and so that's the joke, and I didn't get it when I was a kid. <laughs> of course not. But when you're yeah. an adult, you see that, and you're like, oh, I get it. That's hilarious. That's good writing. That's good writing. And, and that's some of what he does here. Um, yeah, and throughout these issues, they're just, uh, they're, there's the fun, zany, cartoonish, like, uh, physical gags, and, and, the, and that type of humor, as well as, like, the more adult themes and, like, the, the more suggestive stuff, which is great, too. Yeah, it's pretty great. So... So that's that. So, th so this story, I would, I would say, obviously, I give the story a four, as I've said, but I would, I'd give the art, honestly. I mean, I'm gonna give an art. Uh, I'm gonna give three and a half colors. Okay. Because he's, he's I, throwing I, a three. He's throwing a half. I'm throwing a half just because, like, I love the art still, 
but like I can't tell if it's because it's a little different. Jingle's a little different in this. Like, yeah, she's she's a little bit more voluptuous in this, um, proportionally. It's definitely a different design. Yeah, it's definitely a different design for her. She's got like shorter hair. Right. So it's left of the sh- shaved head and more of just like or shaved sides and it's pretty much completely shaved almost. Yeah, there's like there's like one bit, one long bit that goes down the side and then the rest of it's kind of like pixied or sh- really short. Right. And so I think so I think it's a different a little bit different design. It's not a bad design, it's just not my favorite. So I'm, so I'm only going to give it a three and a half. and the color I'm you know it's hard to say, but I think I'm going to give the color a three. Yeah, I think I think I uh, I agree with you a lot there. I give it a three and a half in the art, probably a three in the story. Uh, okay. Just, just simply because I want to like I want to lay it next to all the other ones that I really like, that which are fours. That's um, fair. Uh, the the color I'd probably give I'd probably give a two. Uh, two two and a half something like that because I don't th- I don't think it really needs it. Uh, I don't think it adds that much. Fair enough. The one thing I will say is that I do like the coloring on Santa, especially on page uh, 87. Like, I love his shirt. Oh, yeah, the shirt. Yeah. And and so enough. I will say I do That's like the good. coloring on Santa, but, like, yeah, I would say that you're right. I don't think this story needs the color. Not that I'm against it being in color. It's just, like, if it doesn't necessarily yeah, it's feel... It's, it, it's Right, it's just fine. So the next one we're going to go to is uh, Jingle Bell, That Old Christmas Spirit, uh, written by Paul Dini and drawn by Jay Bone. I love this one. Yeah, I do too. Um, not not my favorite artist, as I've already called out, but but definitely uh, I enjoy this style. Uh, it's black and white as well. I don't think this needs any color to be successful. Um, but yeah, the, the, the character design's fun. She has super short hair, uh, very similar outfit. Um, and uh, it's just really fun because he gets to play with like these dark themes of... Uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, pointing out everybody's future as as a child and uh, yeah, what they're gonna get for Christmas and how it's not exactly how they have it dreamed out in their head about how, the perfect Christmas that they have in mind. Yeah, definitely not the guy you want to be. Te- you know, Santa Claus in the yeah, Macy's. Yeah, come sit on my lap. Uh, basically, look <laughs> like the Grim Reaper, and I'll tell you <laughs> your sad future. Maybe your parents will get divorced. You know, I'll I'll uh, I'll make sure to tell you. So so this character has like um, yeah definitely a dark sense of humor that's appreciated. I mean, it very much looks like the the Charles Dickens uh, Ghost of Christmas Future. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And it and it's fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's just a fun short one. And and then this is the first one that we're going to review. It's not the first. I guess this is the second one because we I guess we reviewed. Jingle Bell Conquers the Martians. But this is the first comic book one that we're reviewing that has a different artist. And what do you think about Jingle Bell's design in this? Like it kind of still sticks like with the with the um the short hair, not not like the weird like, not the pixie cut with the shaved sides, but it has just straight up short hair. Yeah, um, it is it is it's interesting and fresh because it's different than uh Stephen DiStefano's re- both representations that we looked at it so far of his design of Jingle Bell. Uh this one she's like the the corners are more rounded. It's less like angular and like it's very derivative of like Archie, like the Archie comic style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like the kids' faces and the the character design and the different kids, the store owner. Yeah, I like it a lot. So it was good. So okay, so let's uh, let's do let's do a quick review. So what what do you give story on this one? Uh, I give story a three and a half. Okay, what 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 docked the half point for you? Um, I I really liked uh, I really liked the dark humor 
compare it to some of the other ones. So, but what 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 do you point to that gave it only three and a half as opposed to four for you? Well, I, I really enjoy like in the later ones that we'll talk about, sort of the 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 trippy. Uh, the the sugar plum uh, nightmare slash acid trip <laughs> slash dream. I just love the. That's what I'm comparing it to. That I totally loved. That's so I'm fair. Kind of rating all these like in a vacuum of themselves and saying, all right, this one's three and a half. It doesn't quite live up to the story um, of the of the sugar plum dream comic. Fair enough. Okay, cool. And then what do you what do you give the artwork? This is obviously a different artist than you know than your boy D De- Stefano, but. Yeah, I would give it. I would give it a a three. All right, all right. You only a three. What what docks it for you? What gives it a three as opposed to a four for you for art? Well, uh, I give it a three, which is more than half because it's successful and it's good. I just I really can compare it to uh, Stephen Distofano's telling and like his animation style of of uh, pulling you through the story with the different gags and bits that are visual. I don't think there are that many like bits that were visual most of it was through the telling of you know hey come sit on my lap i'm the the ghost of christmas yet to come and, and here's your terrible gift that you'll be receiving from your parents and here's your future um and all the dark humor took place in like the dialogue and and, and not so much in the visual uh you you tell me what you think about that it, you know that's interesting i lo- i mean i like the art so the art gets a four for me you know this style. I, I think it's different, and I love it. I love the Archie look of it. It it looks like a classic old timey comic book to me. Yeah, it's definitely different. It stands out from the the others, which makes it fresh. And of course, like it's it's very unfair of me because I think that we're really only reviewing the ones I liked the most. <laughs> like there are other there are other ones in this book that I would give a two or a three even that I don't think that we're going to be reviewing. Uh, but we'll see when we get there. But like, it, it's just. I just love it. I love all of this style. I definitely like this this design of of Jingle Bell. Um, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's different, um, which I which I think speaks to this whole um, collection of issues. That it's so cool that they have like multiple retellings of this character. You know, something like a like a Batman or a Superman, where they they get a chance to freshen up the design and give you something a little bit different. Yeah, and it's fun. So the next story that we're going to review, too, is the one that directly follows this in the graphic novel, comic book, collection, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's it's called Jing- – well, on the page it just says Jingle Bell, but I believe in the um, in the credits it says Visions of Sugar Plums. Right. My, my favorite. I this absolutely is, this is love favorite. this one. Yeah. All right. So the script was – Four on everything. Four on everything. <laughs> it's this, really, really uh, great. The script one for this one is is by Paul Dini and Shane Glines. Shane Glines. Yeah, that's what um, I would say. And the layout is by Stephen D. Stefano. Yeah, which you can the really tell. Art was by Shane Shane Glines. Glines. Yeah, the way that's worded, it's a little hard for me to tell how much each person was involved with the the art there. I would say just just from that description of that the layouts were by him. I would say he probably laid out what where the action was going to be and what the frame of everything was going to be. Like, these characters are going to be on the right side of the frame and this is going to be on the left side of the frame. And I, I would imagine it being as, like, thumbnail sketches. And then, you know, and then Shane Glines came in and probably did the fi- like the, the the detailed version of it, the the crisp looking version of it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking him up now at this point. Yeah, he's uh he's somebody I need definitely need to look more into, 
and I suggest like the audience take a look at him because I'm looking up his work right now and it's like it's clearly a lot of stuff that I love like from Batman the Animated Series like a lot of character design and uh, Ivy you know that design and um, very very similar to Bruce Tim and that, that type of character design um, yeah, yeah him paired no, no wonder this is a great piece because you know Stephen DiStefano working on the layout and sort of the action of it and then you have Shane Glines working on the, the finished art I'm looking at his art right now and it's very it is very much like it, you're right it's very similar to Bruce Tim's it's very pinup. I mean, right. just when you Google them, obviously I don't know his his large collection, but when you Google them, a lot of what comes up is a lot of kind of cartoony pinup. Yeah, it's fantastic. This stuff kind is of art. I mean, it's it's very beautiful work. I can understand why people like. I would imagine that this artist, there's a good chance that this artist is controversial. Right. Um, for a lot of these, I mean, there's a lot of the stuff not necessarily all suitable for work, if you know what I mean. Right. And some of the some of these figures and like more adult themes uh, kind of work their way into the design of, of Jingle Bell here. Um, oh, def- definitely. Definitely in this piece. It's, it's sort of a, yeah, it, it lends more toward like a suggestive themes piece compared to some of the other ones. If you, but if you, if you Google something like Shane Glines Batman, you see a lot of his Batman work as opposed to just if you Google his name. Yeah, uh, it's definitely very so interesting good. stuff so though. Good, it's, yeah. it's actually really, it's really beautiful. A lot of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's really angular and, uh, yeah, I love a lot of this Batman work that he's done. Yeah, I need All right, to look so anyways, at this guy. mental note. <laughs> <laughs> put a pin in that. And back back to Jingle Bell. Um, this is a story. Well, here, why don't you describe the story? This is your favorite. Why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about it? So we have Jingle Bell here in our usual antics of, oh, you know, uh, I, what are you working on, Dad? You know, he's he's cooking up these. Of course, he's Santa Claus. So he has this like huge mechanical machine and he's crafting up the sugar plums that kids of course they dance in the the sugar plum dreams of kids uh, around the holidays so what the story is telling here is santa actually creates those in sort of like a what looks like a mad scientist outfit you know this this really reminds me of like kind of a cartoon network looking uh, it's very very much like a like a cartoon network style it's like very angular um, he's cooking up these sugar plums, and here comes in Jingle Bell, uh, like, oh, like, like, what are you making, Dad? And tries to grab some of them and start eating them. And, and uh, Santa Claus is, of course, like, no, the, she's, he's always on her case throughout all these issues that she's, you know, she's been on the naughty list. She hasn't earned anything this year. She definitely doesn't deserve any of these sugar plums. You know, we may find out later in this issue why exactly he doesn't want her eating any of these. But uh, one thing I, I love is that she dons like this very spy outfit. It's like a it's very like Mission a, Impossible. Yeah, it's like Mission Impossible, even t- to the point where Paul Dini writes in like, "Eat your heart out, Tom Cruise." Um, <laughs> I love the character design of of this thing. That's partly why I love it. Um, she's also again, back to having like Cartoon Network. She's back to having longer hair too. Yeah, yeah. So of course uh, she's is successful in stealing these sugar plums because she usually gets what she wants. Um, and then she eats them all. She eats them all, which is a little problematic later because we find out that, oh, not, she's like, okay, nothing really happened. I guess I'm not going to have great dreams like she expected. And then all of a sudden, pow, she falls into this, like, lucid dream of... <laughs> and, and I love how, like, uh, pie-eyed and cartoony this 
acid trip is basically that she's going through after eating all these sugar plums. So she's kind of like digging it at first. She's like riding the back, sliding down the back of the narwhal. She's jumping on the back of, of Thrasher. Um, which it, and it's so trippy that this elf within Thrasher, like you see his eyes peeping out of the mouth, and then he like pulls open, stretches open the mouth of Thrasher, and then it's rusty to reveal himself. Rusty, yeah, her nephew, uh, her, her cousin. cousin, yeah. And there's uh, a lot of gags in here about like how how trippy this thing progressively gets to the point where she goes to Santa's workshop and meets like a like a three headed uh, elf who's who's just. I don't even know what they're trying to get at, <laughs> but but I love the like the zaniness of it, and and she they eventually reveal to her that like here's the Rudolph three thousand rocket that she's gonna ride, <laughs> and and just you know finally she, I think she says you know hey this this is cool and rad, and she's she's riding on the back of the Rudolph two thousand, and she says that finally chance to show up my dingus dad very interesting verbiage very, too very very. <laughs> cartoony yeah and everything's pie-eyed and cartoony and like my favorite bit is at the end uh where she eventually flies up on this rocket at the moon and is greeted by the moon and eventually eaten by the moon so yeah (laughs) i just love how this issue stood out as a total acid trip compared to the others and there's this interesting bit of course it ends uh very very funny but she there's this interesting set of panels where she's like on on the toilet like her her stomach is now uh, she's at this point supposedly woken up, and uh, she's on the toilet with a stomach ache. And she's like, she, Santa Claus comes in, and she's like, I had a nightmare, Dad. And he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, in typical like nightmare fashion, she's within a dream, within a dream, and then uh, Santa, it's like Santa Inception all her. over again. This is basically Inception, uh, Jingle Bell <laughs> coming. Santa stuffs her down in the in the toilet, and she in. I really love this full page art. Like this is this is really great um, storytelling, like consecu- like sequential art in my humble opinion. But she she slides all the way down um, this pipe, and you have all these sort of like rats and uh, cockroaches and things climbing after her. And of course, she's sliding down and down. Um, there's this uh, there's this cameo from the the witch. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on her name, but she, but she basically just comes in to break the fourth wall and say, uh, you know, hey, I'll see you in the crossover. <laughs> but she says, uh, she's like, later, Jingle, I'll see you in the, in the crossover. Well, and I think, I, 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 don't, I actually don't know who this girl is. Um, well, it's the witch, right? Like in the other stories. No, nah, it doesn't look like Polly, though. Like, so the other, oh, she Polly refers to her Green. as, hey, Halloween girl. I just assumed right. that she was Polly. Uh, but I wonder if it, it, might, it might be an early version of Polly, or it might be... I wonder if there's another... You know, I wonder... She doesn't uh, have, like, the, the hat. She doesn't have the hat, and she, does, she looks different. Like, she's not wearing the glasses, and her hair is different. Because Polly's hair isn't white. Like, this has a white strip, and it's black. Obviously, it's black and white, but, like... Right. Polly's hair is, is just a solid brown no see and here's the thing i don't think it is polly i think i think it might be a different a different character of oni's i could be wrong um if anybody actually knows this yeah comment if you're watching on youtube or yeah let us know who this halloween girl is but yeah do something will you 
but anyway so right it's just a, it's a funny cameo and then she ends up kind of in in hell and yeah, santa the is part the... Of it. <laughs> the best panel uh satan claws oh it's, it's such a good panel yeah he's got these like demons sitting up on it on his on his shoulders yeah she ends up in in hell for uh in this crazy trippy dream and with with this with with santa satan yeah one guess how you'll be spending eternity <laughs> so i mean it's great it's a fun it's just a fun story and it's beautiful artwork and i love it yeah it's my, it's my favorite it's so good and they they end with the gag of santa claus and mrs claus are just sort of watching jingle like go through this fever dream and like writhe on the bed uh, and she says, should we wake her up, Mrs. Claus says. And Santa Claus, of course, being the uh, like the disciplinary dad that he is throughout these issues, he says, uh, you know, sure, in eight hours or so. <laughs> we'll just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just torture. let her suffer a little bit. She'll be fine, but come on. That's so good. Uh, My favorite. So, four, four for everything on this one. I would from agree. Me. I would say I would say four from everything. Really? From okay. me as well. Now, okay. So I didn't make you read this next one. Um, we're on. You know, this is page one twenty one. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to comment on this one because I want to prove that I don't like everything that's in this book. And oh yeah, this, I took one look at it, and I was very glad that you. <laughs> yeah, I skipped it. It's not good. Not to it, judge I, a book by its cover. But art. we totally did. Totally. I've actually I've read it. And it's I hated it. So is it's it anime, um, kind of like not the it's, not the because it's there are some animes anime. I really enjoy, but it's a hundred percent anime. It, it, so this is it's called Bell uh, Bells Bells, um, or I'm sorry, it's called Blue Bells, Blue Bells. This one's so interesting because it's so not the the character design or not what it feels like Jingle Bell Universe. Yeah, apparently, so it. If you read it, it says a Blue Monday Jingle Bell joint, um, and so it's a it's a combo, you know, of two properties. It's a crossover. It's not Jingle Bell's first crossover, but to, to be fair, I don't really like any of the crossovers that she's done, like that are in this collection, like this one, and then there's a later one. You know, she does another crossover in this one called Jingle Bell Meets the Bakers, and I don't really like that one either. Like maybe it's just because I'm not a fan of those properties, but it. It just doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. So this is Blue Bells. I'm very glad that they explored like a lot of different styles, uh, because this was my favorite part of of reading this uh, collection of issues, the fact that they did so many different styles of illustration. Um, of course, mine were, um, you know, the Stephen DiStefano stuff, and uh, what was his name? <laughs> Uh, uh, for Visions of Sugar Plums yes, with Shane yeah. Glines. Shane Glines, yeah, beautiful work. But the variety is like the spice of this collection because uh, even some ones that I didn't read, I, I look through and I'm like, yeah, those definitely deserve a read because even like the, the Bells Bells, which is um, 125, looks very interesting. It's so different. It's kind of like a Zitz comic um, style, kind of like a Sunday um, Sunday panel uh, look to it, uh, yeah, more so than than the rest of them, and yeah, it's very so, interesting. So this one, so Blue Bells though. So just to get back to it real quick, the story art and letters are by um, I think it's Cyan Clungston Major. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce <laughs> it, but but that's how I'm reading it. Um, it's very anime style. This art, I give zero. I give absolutely zero. <laughs> 
the Fair story enough. the story I give zero. Um, and the wow. color the color is black and white. So it's just like it's it's not my cup of tea. I don't yeah, like it. Thing. It's and, and it almost it it doesn't seem very successful. Although I haven't read it, so I can't. And can't it's rate. also like it's also really weird. Like obviously, in all these, Jingle Bell is like kind of like a like a like a sexual character a little bit. Like she's she's a like, yeah. No. She's very suggestive and like she's her very design. suggestive and stuff. But but this one specifically, like she does like a strip tease in a in a graveyard, and I'm like, what? I don't understand this. Yeah, it seems a bit out of character, e- it even was, for a Jingle Bell. It was weird. So I didn't. I didn't like this one. Just to prove that I'm not, I'm not in love with everything. I'm, you know, I, this one I give zero across the board. I, I absolutely do not like this story. Interesting. Um, I also yeah. am not a big fan of anime at all. It's like the the art style, I, I don't like it. So th- that was no good for me. Gets a zero. Gets a zero across the board. Um, but now it's, moving it's on filler. to uh, it's it, right. All right, so let's we're gonna jump ahead to the next one that we're reviewing, which is on page two forty three. It's actually not really a Jingle Bell comic. It's more of a Polly Green comic, uh, and it's called Polly Green in Nibble Nibble. So now this is a big a big jump. So Polly Green is introduced in a, in an earlier issue. Um, I believe it's called Jingle Bell Jubilee, which is also good. Obviously, we can't review everything in here, so we're skipping ahead a little bit. But one of the reasons I wanted to review this one is because one this is the i think the first instance of um my favorite artist who is uh it's stephanie gladden uh is my favorite like she's probably my favorite art could be one of my top top five favorite artists in really? comics like there's just something about this style that i absolutely love it's yeah, just like it it's, is it is really nice the it's colors. so beautiful. It's so cartoony. Yeah. It's it's absolutely amazing. And the colors are also are done by Lucas uh, Maragon. And I, the colors, you're right, have absolutely yeah, everything to gorgeous. do with it as well. They make so, it, yeah. Um, you know, this is kind of just a story that stars the Halloween witch, uh, Polly Green. Um, and she, she, you know, she's doing stuff in her tower and her, par- her, her family's just constantly asking her for stuff. Like, make us this, make us that, you know, like the kind of things that would actually happen if you found out your family member was a witch was like, oh, make us stuff. Use your powers to make our lives better. Yeah, and no- in addition to the house, I want a new car. I want a swimming pool. Yeah, and then, like, it's just never enough. Uh, and then Jingle Bell shows up and says, you know, uh, you know, why don't you play a trick on them a little bit, you know, like, why don't you mess with them and, 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 you know, see what you can do. And yeah, scare them straight. The scare Jingle them straight. Bell way. And yeah, that, that is the Jingle Bell way. And so she turns the house into, into, you know, in classic witch fashion, she turns the house into a gingerbread house and they eat the <laughs> gingerbread house and become super fat. Super fat, like rotund. Right, and then they ask her, like, do mag, you know, fix magic? Because one of the things she can't do is she can't use magic on family members directly. And so now they're asking, like, make us skinny again, make us skinny again. <laughs> She's like, well, I can't, because I can't use magic directly on you guys. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'll, I'll help you get skinny. And then she's like, drill sergeanting them and like making them run. What am I? favorite gags in this is the panel where she's made the gingerbread house and they've already eaten all of it and now they're just huge uh and then she points over to the nutrition facts on the wall uh which are in huge print that say things like serving size one gingerbread house serving per house 2500 calories zillions 
you know, this is just a fun visual gag in there. All the all the label label readers out there will appreciate. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. So, you know, I, I wanted to review this one. I wanted you to read this one just because it's it's one of my favorites, and it's this is by far my favorite artist. I think everything that she does is absolutely beautiful. I want to read more of her stuff. She does. Does it's she? Amazing. I think she does quite a few of these, right? She does quite a few Jingle Bell com- comics. She also did. Um, she also did Grounded. I know. She right. did. Oh, that Santa- one's great. She does Santa Claus versus Frankenstein, and yeah. then she does. Um, she does the Krampus story one, which I'm. I'm trying to think of what. That might be in Grounded. I think Grounded is the Krampus one. Yeah. So yeah, she does both of those, and it's so great. these. And then I think she also does the Fight Before Christmas, which is another hockey one. Um, yeah. The first hockey one is was done by Jay Bone, and it's called The Mighty Elves. I didn't read that one, but I really enjoyed the one that Stephanie illustrated. Yeah, so, you know, it's great. Stephanie Gladden is fantastic. I, I, you know, and I'm also operating under the assumption that these these comics were put in chronological order. Um, I right. th- That's what it seems like was done. I'm not 100% sure, yeah, but I would imagine. Yeah, it seems that way, just by the art style. And the jokes. <laughs> Some of the gags. Definitely. And, and like, I know that, like, The Miserable on 34th Street and Santa's Little Hellion were, like, not necessarily the first story, but they were the first two issues of, like, full-length comics. You know? And I know that her introduction was those other ones. So I know that those are in chronological order. So I'm operating under the assumption that all of these are in chronological order, which would mean that this is kind of the first time that we see Stephanie Gladden's work, you know, in the Jingle Bell um, world and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a great introduction if it's if that's true. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is um, is Bell's Booze. I believe that's how it's pronounced. This one's art by Jose Gan Gam Gambaldi. I think that's how you pronounce it. Jose Gambaldi. Garibaldi, I guess. And uh, and truth be told, I I do not like this art style. <laughs> um, this this art style is I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's yeah, I can't even. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Like, and I think the coloring is great in this. Um, so I would still give the coloring like a four. Um, I don't like the I don't like the, the the art style though. I would I would give it the art style. It's got the like heavy two. digital feel, like like contemporary digital comic feel, like where the outlines are like the same color as, but just a little bit darker than the fill color of the characters. Yeah, I guess that. I guess it does kind of look like. That. Either way, it's just one of those things where I don't like this art style. Right, I'm with you. But I will say that I love this story. Like, and that's why I want to talk about this one. I know you didn't read this one, but um, womp, womp. but I would give this story a four while I'm only giving the art a two. And the reason is just because I think it's I think it's great. It's like this guy always. It's this writer, this author, gets obsessed with this idea of Santa's daughter every every Christmas, and so he goes looking for these stories of people meeting this girl. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it was on page two fifty eight. You know, he's talking to, you know, he's talking to this pilot from World War Two. On the side of the plane is a painting of Jingle Bell that they did. And that is where it, – it's just funny because um, in interviews, Paul Dini has talked about that that's where the inspiration for this character came from. Oh, wow. Those, those yeah. kind of bombshell uh, – those bombshell Yeah, those pinup girls. paintings. Yeah, pa- on paintings. Those, on the side of those bombers, yeah. Yeah, and that's – Fantastic. 
and that's what he got he said in interviews that wow, that's where he got the inspiration for cool. Jingle Bell and so like here it is in the comic and so that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this even though you didn't read it totally didn't read it I thought that was just really cool and like and you can totally like once you hear that you can totally see it like like that's why she looks the way she looks that's kind of where she yeah, has what the style from and, wow for a character that's very cool and so like that's where he got the look of her from and I think he uh, and he's you can look this up and he's talked about this in interviews but he I think he said that he had a patch made of of kind of like this Santa's daughter and he had it on his bomb he has like a bomber jacket or he had a bomber jacket oh that's and cool. then he wrote a comic after that i think that's i you know i might be wrong but I th- i'm pretty sure i've heard him say that in interviews either either on his own podcast or on a Kevin Smith podcast right um definitely take a take a listen to him they're great yeah, that that is that is cool. I totally didn't expect that uh, and for so, this character. And so that's why I wanted to just touch upon this really quick. Um, and so it's just this author who goes around collecting stories about how Jingle Bell came into these people's lives, and then at the end of it, he he gets to finally meet Jingle Bell. Like, and the reason he's obsessed is because he met Jingle Bell years ago, right. and she asked, you know, she asked him, you know, she's like, hey, come with me, and he didn't. And so it's like that that regret, like the the whole, you know, like oh, what what could have happened if I had just gone with her? And and he gets to he gets to find out. So he gets that night, and he yeah, gets yeah, if only, you know, he gets to party with Jingle Bell, and uh, and he gets to have a perfect night. And then he goes home, and and he's good, you know, like he's like he's like that's the road traveled, you know what I mean? Like I did it. Uh, it's it's no longer a regret of mine. Yeah, he does. He doesn't hold on to it, and and so I, it's, I think it's beautiful, and I love it. So that's why I like that one. I would, you know, I would say you should read that one. It's good. Yeah, totally. All right, so the last one that we're going to review because we're running really long. Obviously, this is a it's a four hundred page graphic novel, story, comic book collection, whatever you want to call it. It's four hundred pages, and so obviously we have to end somewhere, and we're running super long here. So I want to end with Grounded, which is the last comic in here. It's the newest Jingle Bell comic. Um, I believe this came out in 2014, I want to say. Um, and it stars Jingle Bell, her father, and Krampus. Uh, now, for those who don't know, Krampus <laughs> is kind of like the evil Santa Claus. So Santa Claus brings gifts to all the good uh, all the good girls and boys. He's horrifying. And Krampus brings switches, he looks uh, like which Satan, is a which is a basically. which is like a stick, and he he beats people with the stick. So right. you know he's he beats horrifying. he beats all the the bad the bad boys and girls. Now I also think in the original story he actually took them away and like steals them. But obviously this is still this is still Jingle Bell and it's still fun. So uh, they they cartoon Krampus up a little bit. Yeah, totally. And and this is again my favorite artist. It's uh, Stephanie Gladden. It's it's so good, and I would love uh, to see this as like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like this would this would be just gorgeous, right? This animated. style, it, yeah, it totally plays it plays well uh, to like an animation style. Totally would love to see that. The one thing that I'm upset isn't in this, in, isn't in the digital version, because in a heartbeat I would have made it my background on my um, on my phone. Uh, is is the cover for Grounded? So the cover for Grounded is in the, is in the pa- the paper version of it of, oh, of yeah, the book. Oh yeah, it's on the digital. But it's not in the digital, and I, I sent you a picture of it, because um, I, I I printed it out and I just put it on my wall yeah, work yeah. as my Christmas decoration. But um, it's awesome. But it's 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 beautiful. It's this picture of Jingle Bell, 
you know, so the cover for Grounded, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. It's probably one of my favorite covers ever. It's Jingle Bell standing in front of a fireplace, and she's holding two sock monkeys. And it's just like <laughs> it's just the coloring is perfect, and the and the art is perfect, and it's just it's just amazing. Um, Google it. It's called Jingle Bell Grounded. It's absolutely beautiful. Now, the funny thing about that cover, the reason that there's these two sock monkeys is that Paul Dini and Misty Lee, you know, they these are like essentially their kids are these two <laughs> sock monkeys. It's um it's the the one in the in her hand with the red hat is 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 Rashi and the one in the blue uh with the blue hat is called um Super Rica. And if you listen to their podcast, it's called Radio Rashi. They do the voices. So Misty Lee does the voice of Rashi, and Paul Dini does the voice of Super Rica, and they treat them as if, like, they're their children, and they're real. Oh, wow. And there's no doubt about it, like, that they're real. <laughs> and so these they interact with the characters, and it's so funny, and it's so cartoonish, and so outlandish, and I love it. Like, I, I just absolutely love Paul Dini and Misty Lee are kind of, like, my favorite couple celebrity couple ever. And he, <laughs> and, wrote, like, he wrote Grounded? Yeah, yeah, he wrote Grounded, um, and so that's why they're on the cover. It's because those are his kids, essentially. So it's 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 funny. I love them, um, and so it's just a fun comic. Uh, this is probably my favorite oh, Jingle really? Bell comic. I would say that this is probably my favorite one, just because everything I think is perfect in this one. The coloring, the story, it's fun, the art. There's nothing wrong with this comic. I don't know. That's just my opinion. What do you, I'm what do you think? I'm definitely team Jingle Bell in this comic, as far as the story arc is concerned. Um, because the, the story of this issue, Grounded, is that Jingle Bell has made a robot version of herself, sort of like an indistinguishable android that is Jingle Bell, to do all of her chores and work around the house while she kicks it uh, you know, out at a beach somewhere with her friends. Um, also you have, and I believe this is in the same story, where she, she comes up with like an amazing toy idea that she presents to her dad um, that he takes to uh, the toy expo, um, that he presents as his own idea. So the grounded, the ti- where the title comes from, is they're both sort of grounded for doing naughty things to each other by Kramp- the Krampus character. Uh, so they're kind of put to the test of, well, you tell your story, you tell your story, and uh, well, whoever has done the the worst thing, well, we'll see who gets the punishment, which is lashes from the switch of Krampus at the end. But yeah, I'm totally team Jingle Bell. Like building an android of yourself that does all the work and choice, chores should be celebrated. I think if you're Santa Claus, <laughs> um, yeah, she's totally in the right on this. And he basically lied to his daughter and took her ideas. Uh, so yeah, Jingle Bell gets a bad rap in this one. She definitely does. Um, it, it's just great though. I, I love it. And and I think, I mean, I think that this is a perfect example of. You know, this comic is a perfect example of, of coloring, really complementing the art. And I'm going to just point yeah. to the next comic that comes after this, is um, it's called Jingle Bell. Uh, let me see what it's called. Uh, I think it's still part of Grounded, but it's it's Jingle Bell, um, and the art is by Stephanie Gladden, but the coloring is definitely different. Right. Um, 
and so the art is the same and the coloring is different and so and you can really tell like yeah you can feel it for sure that it's not as dynamic like the the colors aren't as rich in tone and contrast right like it's a little bit energetic more flat. And, right, and there's just not a life to it. I feel like I feel like Grounded has this life to it with with the Krampus character and the Polly character and all this stuff. I, it, it's just so perfect. This is probably my favorite. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it on record. This is my favorite <laughs> art and all coloring right, no job. Backsies. Like this is everything I love about comic books and stuff like that. And like of course I love so many other artists. Like you know. Now say it again. It's your favorite. This is my favorite <laughs> art. Combined with color job in all of comics Ever. is probably this. And Matt, how many comics have you read? Just so the listeners know. Uh, I mean, I own in print. I own over four hundred individual issues, along with I have a shelf of um, graphic novels or collections or whatever you want to call them. And then, and then, so that's that. And then on Comicsology digitally, I have. According to Comicsology, now this doesn't include any of my Marvel comics because I buy all of my comics except for Marvel comics through Comicsology. Oh goodness, yeah, because of a Marvel exclusive. It, well, service. right. It, it, well, there's a Marvel service, so you can buy them from Comicsology or you can buy them from the Marvel app. I buy them from the Marvel app because I like just being able to do it on my phone instead of having to go like. Because if oh, you does have it move an like Apple from phone, panel to panel. Yeah, they all do. It's it, it's still run. It's the exact same interface as Comixology. Um, it's just like so. There's there's the Comixology app, and on the iPhone you can't buy comics from the Comixology app, but you can buy them from the DC app and the Marvel app. And for some reason, the DC app is connected to my Mar- to my Comixology account, but my Marvel app isn't. So my my Marvel comics don't show up. Um, I I buy way I I in the past I've bought way more DC. Especially because I have Marvel Unlimited, which is a, a service, a subscription service where you can pretty much read almost anything that Marvel's ever put out uh, since like the '60s. It's absolutely fantastic. It's ten bucks a month. I highly recommend it. If you yeah, wanna... I mean, um, if you're viewing this on YouTube, we'll, we'll include in the links down below as well as like an Amazon link to to this particular uh, print book. Yeah, grab it. Uh, but get it shipped to your house. Get it shipped to your house. Um, but so this is on Comicsology, just my DC, all my non-Marvel comics. I have one thousand five hundred and eighteen. So Matt has a lot of comics. So him saying so, that this is his favorite uh, illustration and color combination, big deal. Yeah, I, I want to jump back into Grounded here for a little bit. On page uh, four fourteen is my favorite gag, um, like where he's he's got the switch and. He, and he's patting Jingle Bell at, at, at this point, and he's just like, pat, 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 one, two, three, four, five. He just really quickly, like, barely any pats uh, from the switch. And now when it comes for Santa's turn, Santa's like, well, that's not doesn't seem so bad. And Krampus grabs the whole trunk of the Christmas tree and gives him his licks at that point. I think that that, that is uh, it's some good writing as well as, like, visually that's told really well. It's It's really funny. I love it. So... This one, of course, all across the board. Four for me. What about from you? Yeah, four for me across the board. Great. Um, yeah, and I guess, I guess that wraps it up for us. Uh, if you want to grab it, uh, if this totally convinced you to pick this up in print or uh, digital, check it out on, um, you know, we'll include links down, in, down at the bottom if you're looking at YouTube. Um, if not, then 
you know how to use Amazon probably. But if you want to support us, uh, if you go through the, the Amazon link, we will get a little bit of commission from what you buy, like if you buy this comic. So, yeah, if you, if you listen to this and totally dig it, then you can support us that way. You know, obviously, not only, not only of course, do we want the support, but uh, I want everybody to go out and buy this just so that Paul Dini will make more. Yeah, make more, Paul. I know Man. he's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul, come on. He listens Mis- to every review of Mr. Dini, come on. I buy all your stuff. Just make more for me to buy. Just use our Amazon link, Paul. Just support Paul. us. <laughs> support us, Paul. Call in, Paul. Let's Call talk in. about this. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you suggested this one. It's it's definitely not something I would just go pick up myself. So having having somebody recommend it to me and say, "Hey, read this." Uh, yeah. Get, yeah. Gives me a really good perspective into into Paul Dini, and I, I found all these great artists that I'm now going to follow on all the social medias. All the social medias, and it's one of those things too, where that's why we want to do this is kind of you know to play off of each other, and and and, and that's why we each are selecting different um, different comics to read. It's just because we want to get a wide variety of comics, and we 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 of course have different sensibilities, like. Like while we're reviewing non superhero reviewing non super powered uh comic books, you know, we, we still have different sensibilities. Like I tend to still stick with I I tend to stick with a lot of writers and artists that I know and I know them from mainstream comics. From mainstream um comic books and animation and art styles. Like Paul Dini, of course, I know from he created Harley Quinn and I love the Batman animated series. So good. I have I have every season on DVD. As soon as they come out with them on Blu-ray, I'll buy everyone on Blu-ray. <laughs> you know, and I love Harley Quinn, and then I love his comic work. And so, of course, I follow him in all of the stuff that he writes and all the stuff that he does. You know, so that's Paul Dini. There's other artists like Sean Murphy who does Punk Rock Jesus. Um, yep, you know, coming up next. That's somebody who, who works a lot in the DC universe, and I've read a bunch of his DC stuff, and I love his artwork. And, and you, of course, I, I mean, how do you find your comics? Like, how do you decide what to read? My, my comics, so this is very good, because uh, I think where you find yours are, like, more mainstream and um, through animation means, and, and so, several other, like, uh, not just the big two, but other independent labels. But where I come from, I generally look more short I try to follow the artist and kind of see what they're making like independent creators uh, less from a writer perspective and more from like a illustrator perspective so I'm always looking for like things that are independently put out or uh, you know web comics that are not that well known but the but the artist is just so amazing they just can't be ignored so uh, I think that's going to bring a lot of good stuff so I'm looking forward to it and hope you guys listen along and we'll probably find some gems uh, in our search, so I'm excited for it. Great, I mean it's it's gonna be great, and and there's definitely some other stuff I want to do. Like, I would love to also review, like the first ten issues of the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. Yeah, yeah. Just be, especially those because those are right now. I'm in the middle of reading Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Ultimate Visual History uh, by Andrew uh, Farago, uh, which is a just kind of it's 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 an awesome book. It's an awesome art book. Pick it up. It's uh, and it's just about the history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the and and as their their look and their art has evolved. And it's just one of the the it's something that I don't think 
many people ne- might necessarily know. It's not something that I think might be common knowledge is that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles up until 2009 was a hundred percent independently owned. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Just like, so cool. Like the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles w- that was put out, uh, they made 3,000 copies and they sold them for a buck 50 a pop. Yeah, that's punk rock, man. It's so cool. Like their their approach to it and the style too. I mean, like I totally it's dig so it. It's so good. And so it's definitely something I, that's something I really want to review too because I also want to get into a lot of artwork that is, you know, uh, to me some of the best stuff, of course, especially with this non-superpowered stuff is creator driven. Like obviously yeah, DC, totally. DC drives the bus on Batman and Superman and, and, and great creators come in and they do a lot of fun with those characters like Scott Snyder, Frank Miller, um, George Burns, Neil Adams, Dennis, um, Dennis, Denny O'Neill. You know, they come in and they do great things with those characters. But at the end of the day, DC and Marvel are driving the bus on their main characters. Like they keep them in parameters. They keep them kind of in shackles. They keep them. They keep kind of keep them where they are, and they and they keep them moving forward, and they keep them kind of along their plan and their path and whatever. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the creators don't have a lot of say, and I'm not saying that the creators don't do a lot. Like Scott Snyder definitely did a, some amazing, amazing stuff on his run on Batman. Um, but that being said, at the end of the day, I always still find a lot of the stuff that is creator driven and creator owned to be more interesting like, yeah it's definitely it's definitely what we're after here like the punk rock blood sweat and tears of of pumping out your own ip like your own brainchild and and uh not just things like um the original ninja turtle uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles um to the you know the eclectic web comic and then the more uh well-known punk rock jesus and jingle bell but sort of that whole great. spectrum yeah. yeah, and and that's what we kind of want to do here. So, I mean, I hope that I hope that people are listening and and like it. I hope that they kind of find it intriguing. Um, I you know, and of course, the show's going to change. The show's going to evolve. The format's going to change. You know, as we go on, maybe we'll start, you know, walking through these comics less and and just discussing them. I don't know. I think yeah, that's. I, I think. You know, but we'll but we're gonna do that organically. And and if there's something that you like or you think it's better, write in the comments. Let us know. Uh, you know, just like let yeah, us know what on you the, think. Comment on the YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you see. Um, you know, whatever link we push it out there. You know, just feel free to, to ping us back and let us know. Maybe we even do like, um, at you know every fifth one we we take or every like fourth one we take. Uh, We'll take one you guys send us if you know if, if it's something that's that's independent and we want to check out and uh, yeah just kind of give it into our river of thought and mix things up. That's what it's all about. Right. It, I mean, it's as I want you know I, I don't I don't know about you, Brennan, but I want this to be a um, I want this to kind of be a collaboration like totally. between between us between people who are listening. I want this to be like a discussion, you know, because because these are comics that I, you know I love. And these are comics that I feel like don't get discussed enough because they're not necessarily mainstream. And, like, obviously things like Jingle Bell is, is kind of mainstream. Uh, Punk Rock Jesus is kind of mainstream. We're definitely going to do, like, I want to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that is 100% mainstream. At this point, yeah. But, like, but you know, I want to 
just talk about things that you know i want to do i want to run the gambit so yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be fun so listen along won't you uh join us have input uh we're totally gonna if you guys have input we're totally gonna put it in the next episode talk about you talk about the comics that you bring up and uh yeah join along all right so you know so that's gonna be kind of it for for this week um yeah i mean is there any other kind of final thoughts you want to bring up on jingle bell jingle bell um was a pleasant surprise uh if, if it's not something you usually read uh like like me it's not something i would i would usually pick up uh it's not within my particular wheelhouse of comics that i generally pick up especially off the shelf um at a comic book store but but yeah pick it up and uh thumb through it um uh, keep in mind like some of the things that we mentioned like the, the aspects of it that are um worth looking at and yeah check it out if you'd like definitely worth a read great and then of course i, I mean I think I, I think I stated it more than I could possibly. I think I said it more times than I can count. But I love this stuff. I love Jingle Bell. I love Paul Dini. It's just it a fun. Fantastic. It's a fun Christmas read. It's fun all year round. You know. But the oh, yeah, best time holidays, to read guys. this. Yeah, it's happy holidays. Probably around the holidays when we upload this. So I'm gonna try and upload this. See you next year. Yeah, I'm gonna try and upload this before New Year's Eve. But we'll see, cause it's, cause you know, of course, it it is a podcast, but I do like to edit it a little bit. I like to cut out all of our ums and buts so that people don't have to listen to it, cause it gets boring. Like, the last episode, I think I cut out about ten minutes of ums and buts. You're Just, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> like, I put a lot of effort into it to make sure we sound good, make sure that we're not talking over each other. That's all, Matt. You go, Matt. Yeah, it's 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 joint effort, everybody. It's me along with Sam Adams and Jack Daniels. We're all here together. <laughs> all the edit- boys. Editing the sound. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, Jingle Bell, pick it up. It's amazing. I think that's it. I think, I think we've beat it to death at this point, how much we love it. Have we beat this Jingle Bell holiday horse? I think we, I think we have one thing I wanted, one thing I want to make sure we do at some point is also review a comic that we might not necessarily enjoy. Either one of us. Yeah. I mean, just like like a purposefully shitty comic. Right. Or something that maybe like, maybe I'll start suggesting things that I know you won't like. Fantastic. I'm game. That's what I'm here for. Just because I also want to have a spirited discussion of like maybe something that I like that you don't like or like. Because, like, right now, you know, for the last two, we've both agreed on a lot of stuff. I want to get some real. Hard real diversity hitting. up in yeah, here. Yeah, it's real diversity. Real, real hard hitting discussions. You know, like all right, let's disagree. Let's something. disagree about some stuff. It's hard, you know. It's hard disagreeing with you, but uh, <laughs> I want to try and get there one day. One day we'll get there. I'll find something. We'll find something. I'm I'll sure. Find of something. It. <laughs> I'll find something you don't like. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll see how I feel after reading Habibi, which oh, is like boy. A, which is like 700 pages. I'm sure I'm so gonna love good. it. I love Craig Thomas. I love Scott Pilgrim, but Craig, Craig Thompson. Um, Craig Thompson. Craig Thompson. Oh, so good. But but man, that sucker's gonna be long. Uh, it's a massive son of a bitch. It's like seven hundred pages. All right, but we'll get there. But for the next episode, we're still gonna do Punk Rock Jesus. So for all you people who read Punk Rock Jesus, we're still gonna do that on the next episode, um, and then we'll go from there. I uh, we'll try not to do any of these more surprising things where it's like oh hey just kidding we're really doing this one uh this was just a special occasion because i really want to do jingle bell because it was the holidays it felt right guys um so but next time 
We're going to go back on track. We're going to do Punk Rock Jesus. Punk Rock Jesus. Um, but I guess that's, I mean, that's it. Uh, any other final thoughts, Brennan? Uh, I will be reading Punk, Punk Rock Jesus. So, yeah, read along with me within the duration of now and the next time we drop a podcast. All right, sounds good. All right, so for Not So Super Podcast, we've been your hosts. I'm Matt Curley. And I'm Brennan Kahn. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, stay not super. Stay not super.